Hey everyone, you're listening to the Full Contact Cannabis Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Hell, in the Hell Studios with the Old Hemp Farmer. And you know, Old Hemp Farmer, I was at a farm, I guess it was maybe November, December, and it's the very first time somebody said the word CBG to me, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Now, I felt like I did. I was like out of the loop, but I've seen since then on uh, Facebook, other people that are actual farmers say, what is it? What does it do? And why is it different? And uh, let's talk about that today. It's very topical right now because CBG seems to be on everybody's lips. And you were asking about what CBG is. Well, it's a precursor in the cannabis plant that later on the plant can change into either THC or CBD or a couple other different cannabinoids. And now there seems to be this push on to grow this. The thing about it is hardly anybody really knows that much about it. So you're not alone there, Billy Hill. So let's first discuss where's, how do you get CBG as opposed to CBD? Well, that's part of it. We have a bunch of excitement about going into CBG, and I think a lot of this excitement about CBG has to do with the fact that people are now looking for that new hot revenue stream in cannabinoids. And therein lies the problem. This very well may be the case that people are going to go out and start growing stuff and start processing this before there's a real market. Because one of the things that happened to us at Tennessee Homegrown is that we started in 2015, we started making products, but there really wasn't that much receptivity to the market. There wasn't that many people out there in 2015, 16, there was not a rush of people trying to get this product. So it wasn't until 2017, 2018, there were specials on CNN by Sanjay Gupta, and there was a bunch of people starting to talk about it. So the population started investigating it and it started to learn about CBD. Well, now we flash forward to 2020. People are talking about CBG and growing it because last year they didn't make very much money off of CBD and they're hoping that this might be the next hot cannabinoid. The only problem, though, I see with this is this may be like 2015, 2016 was with CBD. I mean, <clears throat> we have products in a lot of stores. I haven't been asked but one time about CBG. And I would bet you if you took 100 people walking down the street and said, what's CBG? Most of them couldn't tell you. I would like to ask people at a hemp expo what they think CBG uh, is or what it would do for them. And so uh, do we have any research that says why CBG is better than? And there's part of the problem. Um, a lot of the research that's been done in cannabinoids basically came after there was money in it, like CBD. There's been a huge amount of research in the last two or three years because now you have a bunch of different pharmaceutical companies, wholesale companies, and a lot of industry, just the industry in, in general has progressed. So now you have money to be able to put in research. And this all, you know, all comes egg in the chicken. 
you know, to get the research, there really does have to be money. You don't get the money unless it starts becoming commercially viable. Till the scratch is there. And, and so you have to do one and then the other. And so um, have you seen CBG in the real world? I personally have never seen any pure CBG. And where do they, how are they uh, distilling or growing a CBG based plant? All right. Well, you can get CBG almost out of any plant. Now, once again, now we're talking about mining a plant. So the thing about it is, in order to be economically viable, now you have to have CBG varieties. And what you do is you would do the same thing as if you did try to, to fractionally distillate any cannabinoid, like if you were taking out just CBD or you were going to take out just THC. If you have the, the proper equipment, you can go in there, fraction, you know, fractionate that, that, that cannabinoids, and you can extract it. And, and now there are people where I, I've seen on the market finally prices of CBG distillate. The first time I saw it was about 18 months ago, 20 months ago, and the price at that point was $80,000 a kilogram. Which is why a bunch of these people start thinking, well, maybe we'll do high CBG. Then I saw it at 50 grand. And I think the last time I saw a quality distillate for CBG, it was right around 15, 16,000. So we see what's already happening. And, and this will be even worse because it's chasing a market that's not there. So if a bunch of people grow high CBG, and they go in and process it, distill it, or make a, you know, out, you know, a crude with high CBG. If they, I mean, seriously, probably f at this point, a hundred acres would supply all the needs of the whole country. Now that may not be the case three years from now, because one of the cool things about CBG is because it's a precursor, meaning it's a compound that the plant turns into other cannabinoids. If you want to spend the time and the money and go in the lab, you can convert CBG to THC, THCAV, whatever. Now, the thing about that is it's not cheap. So if you go in and do this, would you be able to compete with naturally, naturally occurring cannabinoids? Because right now, you can buy THC, CBD, a bunch of these things dirt cheap. So it's really no advantage economically going in and converting when it's cheaper to go in and isolate. So, so now we have this little fledgling industry. And, and so I get up every morning and I you know, do a little Facebook and I go through all my sites. And it was... a about a few months ago, all of a sudden I said, we've got CBG genetics. Right. Now, I've heard you uh, lament this, so let's, let's talk about that. Well, this is the thing about it is, part of the problem that we had in the CBD world, or high CBD cannabis, was really bad genetics, inconsistent genetics. I mean, a bunch of the stuff that you can people are advertising and trying to sell these varieties didn't exist five years ago, 97% of them. So now we flash forward. Last year, 
we had millions and millions and millions of dollars lost because of bad genetics. And now we're ready to jump in and start buying CBG genetics for something that two years ago there wasn't a market. So how in two years do you get all these varieties that are supposedly high CBG? How do you think that they are, are doing the thing they say they are doing? Well, to my knowledge, there was only one real variety that was high CBG, and it was developed in Switzerland, and it's called Benabeo, I think. And I may have very well butchered that. But it really was a variety of hemp that was high CBG. But I've never heard of any place else. So <clears throat> this is what's happened. People could have stolen those genetics and are now the you know doing that but i think a lot of it is is people started you know just growing and doing lab reports and anything that had a higher cbg is now going to start being called a cbg variety so basically there's going to be a really nice big experiment because there are literally scores of people now selling either the seed or the clones and how that'll turn out when people start trying to grow this on a large scale. Because that's the other thing. No one is growing CBG on a large scale. So it's a huge risk. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it's like any time that you go out and you're guessing on a marketplace, yeah, it's a risk. And so here we are basically chasing another waterfall. Let's say that somebody was really interested in this and wanted to uh, invest and and get down that road. Uh, would it be a good idea to uh, do your standard crop and then uh, do a little testing on your CBG crop, you know, a certain amount of acreage that's not too vast? No, if you were really interested about doing this, you'd do it. Basically, you'd grow about an eighth of an acre of one thing, an eighth of an acre of another, and you get in there and you start, you know, basically, first of all, and which, you know, once again, talk about jumping the shark. You have to see that the varieties are being offered will even grow wherever you are. Right. Regionally. Yeah. I mean, if I mean, that's the thing about it is not one cultivar works everywhere. So that's the first thing is seeing, well, are these different varieties that I got I'm trying to grow? Will they grow in my microclimate? Then the second thing you'd have to do is, okay, what, what am I getting off this? What are the yields? Let's stop right there and take a pause for the call. Everyone, we want to thank our podcast sponsor, Tennessee Homegrown. For sponsoring the Full Contact Cannabis Podcast, Tennessee Homegrown can be found at tnhomegrown.com where you can check out the old hemp farmer and Lee Crabtree, see what they're doing, see what's growing, see what they're selling. They just updated the site. And, um, well, let's talk about that because I have the old hemp farmer here. Tell us about the site update. Yeah, Billy Hill, uh, we upgraded the Tennessee Homegrown website, and we think we have card services, so finally that you can go in, check out our products, and order online. I'll tell you what else I noticed that I really appreciated is that all your products have a listing of what's in them and gives uh, detailed information. Was that always there, or did you add that when you did the update? 
one of the, the things that we've prided ourselves on at Tennessee Homegrown is the fact that each and every batch of a Tennessee Homegrown is tested. And so from the get-go, we anytime that we got a new batch done, we just pub- publish our certificate of analysis. And if you listen to one of our older podcasts, we uh, talked to Lee and the old hemp farmer about Tennessee Homegrown, and they go into some extensive information on their testing and why they're sort of uh, weirdos about testing on a very frequent basis. You don't know what you got until you test it. All right. Once again, thanks to Tennessee Homegrown for being the podcast sponsor, tnhomegrown.com. Okay, CBG, we were about to discuss what you can do with it. We'll also discuss the marketplace because, okay, we've went to all this trouble. We've went through and found our genetics. We found our way to go in there and distill out or have a distillate that's predominantly CBG. Where do you sell it? And that's the thing about it is, is we're to the point now, is it a for consumers? Are people going to actually come into wherever they're buying their CBD or THC and say, hey, I want CBG, and this is the form I want it. Because, once again, it can be in topicals, tinctures, edibles, toothpaste. So, and, that, and, there, and there's why the lack of research. Because, okay, I've got a person comes in here, and they want CBG. Right now, it's kind of vague about why they would be taking CBG. Right, and I don't see anyone really doing that until there is a great reason that it makes me sleep better or it, uh, it's better for my skin or whatever. Until that, that happens, why would anyone ask for it? Well, that's the thing about it. And then also, there's just not a general consumer knowledge of CBG. I mean, we just got to the point now to where CBD might be a household word or... I mean, where the general population, if you say CBD, they've got a vague idea about what it is. And I think that they do. And I think that each person has a use. Like I have a friend who, before he goes to sleep, uses it. I know my wife uses it to uh, help her stay asleep. Um, But even with the well-known CBD name, I mean, I don't know if people are that first in that yet. And and. This is the thing about it. Until you've got the research, it's hard for anybody to go in and point, oh, you have this condition. Well, then you know what you really would work better for you than CBD or THC? It's CBG. It's 20% more effective, but we can't say that yet. Human beings, you can't test in six weeks. Right, right, right. They're complex little critters. They eat different. They do different things, and they have a whole host of different conditions. But this is the thing about it is, does it warrant research? Yes. Is this something that if you're a cannabis farmer that you should be kind of looking at and trying to think, well, is that for me? But you do not, I don't think you should, and the the professionals that I know don't think anybody should go out and start doing large-scale embracing of this until like any of the other cannabinoids, you know there's going to be somebody there who's going to buy it. And that's the thing about it is I'm afraid we're in that period of the cannabis industry 
where people are going to be continually looking for that next hot thing. And it's just a keyword and they want the next keyword. Well, I mean, part of the allure, I mean, you have people who get into cannabis because they really just really like cannabis. Something about the plant just grabs them and, and holds on to them and they're going to grow it or consume it or do something with it. And it doesn't matter whether it's illegal or there's any money in it. But there's, in the last few years, as recreational and medical has opened up, you have a group of people that are, this is a an investment. There is absolutely no skin in the game except if they can make money. So in that environment, everybody's looking for that next new thing that they can go in and cash in on because this is the thing. If you have been in a couple of high THC markets, high CBD markets, right as they opened up and the demand was there, there were short periods of times that people could make boatloads of money. But the bad thing about that is it's like time in the stock market. If you Got to get in at the right time and get out at the right time. You know, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And, and, that, and that really is to it. I mean, it's pretty well what's happened in the cannabis business, especially high CBD, is that people got in, made a little money, and now you got people, well, why can't I make a lot of money? And so they're looking for mechanisms to do that. And I'm afraid CBG is, is one of those things. And, and, it, and there's blame to go around if this bombs and turns out bad. One thing, farmers shouldn't be doing like what they did with CBD, trying to find that next crop that, you know, it's going to get them rich. And then I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of people selling genetics that are going to be basically trying to gain, you know, get more market share of selling a product that's hot, not because it's necessarily what the market needs. Gotcha. So... Are we at the end of this conversation where we discuss if somebody's out out there is interested in uh, learning more about this, should they? Well, this is the thing about it is it doesn't matter what aspect of the cannabis business is that you are doing. If you do not thoroughly research this, and I'm not talking about just one little simple thing of it, that all the way through that you understand how you're going to grow it, how you're going to process it, and know where you're going to sell it, then you probably shouldn't do this. Right. So we know it's a hot word, but who is purchasing it? You know, and and so my advice to everybody is to kick the tires on this. And if we get enough kicking, then we can get some data and uh, maybe make it a real deal. And who knows? This market very well, three years from now, we'll be looking back on this conversation saying, why didn't we see what CBG was going to be? It reminds me of when I was, I had a record label and I amassed the largest catalog of country music in the world. And this was 2001. And so no one had an MP3 player and the the money people came to me and said, we don't think digital music is viable. We don't understand how this would relate to anything. So they blew the whole company up. And uh, here we are, we have whole industries that, that work off of digital music at this time. So it could be the same thing, CBG. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a perfect analogy. Billy Hell had the first country digital record company in Nashville. 
and he was three, four years before his time. It's how and, I, I do everything. <laughs> it's and and there's a perfect example of a great idea, a great product, but there wasn't the customer receptivity to it, and its time wasn't so you know it. It's like one of those things you you look back and it's like, damn, why didn't that work? <sighs> it's so frustrating to be it, and may, maybe it is exactly the same where uh, every these people that are embracing these new uh, uh, hemp tech are so on the bleeding edge that they're too far forward, you know, and, and, and if you lean back a little bit into what you know and ride it and let the market catch up with the idea, then you'll see where the money trail is. Well, that's the thing about it. When we're doing that, you want, if you want to get in, get in light. That's the thing about it, is if you go and you spend do too much infrastructure, like it, then, then one thing, if you've burned through all your money, then you can't hang around enough right. to where long enough to when it hits. So that's what I'm saying is right now the CBG thing is one of those things where you have to come in and realize that this just very well might be a timing thing. And if you get in too soon, too large, then you have to go away. And you're sitting on something. You don't know where to take it. You're going to have to wait it out. So... So what about you? Are you going to grow any CBG? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to let somebody else go down that road, make some of the mistakes, and, then, and we'll be second. <sighs> See how it goes. All right. You know what would be interesting, I think, is um, if, if you're listening to the podcast, if you leave a comment on if you're interested in CBG, if you have knowledge that we haven't covered in the podcast, and uh, maybe that will lead to a future podcast on other uh, or more discussion about CBG. So be sure to comment and let us know what you think. Also hit that subscribe button. You know, uh, I'm tooting our own horn. Our Facebook page for Full Contact Cannabis broke a thousand followers last week. So that's pretty quick. Less than a month. If I were, I mean, we're we're probably getting close to a month old. But that's pretty amazing. I think it's because of you, not me. I'm pretty sure it's because of you, man. <laughs> All right, and uh, before we get out of here, I meant to grab my laptop as we were talking, but I didn't want to create a weird noise on the mic. So let's see if the old hemp farmer can uh, do some recall. Um, if you're listening to this uh, as it comes out, there are some dates you need to know about. In Nashville, there's an event on the 29th happening in Germantown, Megan, with... Now, do you have... I don't have it in front of me. It's Hemp Marketplace, and it's Megan Scruggs is doing it, and it's the Smokehouse in Germantown, which is a little section of Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, Lee Crabtree, Stacy Crabtree, Jim Douglas, Bill Corbin, a bunch of people are going to get together. People are going to have products, and they're going to talk. And basically, it's uh, it's sort of like a version of Hemp Cheers, where people get together, sell products, swap stores, lie to each other. You know, the whole bit. And uh, and also it's smoke friendly. So when you're there, you can pick you up some flour and try it out. And so it's a real cool thing. And while Lee's doing that. Well, before we get there, I also want to say there's good street parking, which I was concerned about in Germantown. Uh, they also serve food at this venue. 
and they sell beer at the venue as well. So there is the. I went to this a few weeks ago, and I was really, I was like, man, this and and it's well lit. The whole thing is windows, so it's very enjoyable. And if you need to pick something up, like your cream or whatever it is that you might need this would be a great place to go and, and uh, see new stuff and see people that you know as well and then we're also going to talk about the old hemp farmer's wife and the old hemp farmer are traveling to kentucky i'll let you take it from there this uh weekend which is february 29th and march 1st the national hemp expo which is being done at the louisville convention center in louisville kentucky and it's uh actually turned into a fairly sizable thing there's a boatload of vendors people with technology people with checking you know um genetics anything that you could think about that people are either selling or wanting to buy is going to be there plus there's going to be a boatload of people speaking on various topics i'm going to be speaking about uh planning and business plans because that's kind of my little thing my little niche uh you know and because to me, it's, it's about planning. So we're going to be out there. I think it opens up for the general population, I think, at 10, and I think it goes to about 5. But we're going to be there. There will be Tennessee homegrown products. Plus, come by if you want to chew the fat about hemp life. We'll be there, and we'd be glad to see you. And I saw a post that said they'd almost sold out of all their booths, so it should be a full house. Also, if you're going to – I don't know if anybody's going to hear this before then – Okay, um, there's a promo code, which is capital H-E, H, National N-H-E 2020, and the N-H-E is capital letters. And I'll do you a flavor and try to find that and put that in the uh, show description so that you can grab it that way as well. What else? Uh, we're excited to announce and probably shouldn't even talk about it on the podcast itself, but we've got all new studio gear to enhance your listening pleasure from top to bottom. And uh, hopefully now the mics we were using were almost historical. I got to say the mics that we've been using in the past, um, some of that stuff's from the 50s and uh, from Nashville. And I often wonder who has sang into this mic. You know, pretty cool, but not creating consistent levels for me. So, um, and dang it, the uh, old hemp farmer has this silky smooth voice that makes me sound like I'm squeaking when I talk. It drives me. I was hoping that this might make me sound a little better, hemp farmer. I don't know, Billy. Hell, you're the one who has the radio voice. I got the voice that puts people to sleep. <laughs> well, that may be, but we're excited. And I guess the point is, is that we're growing here in the studio and I'm going to drop th this on Tuesday of this week. That way they have plenty of uh, time to be ready for uh, what's coming up. We want to thank everyone who uh, listens to us, likes, subscribes, and all that. Join us on our Facebook page as well. And uh, thank you, Hemp Farmer and Tennessee Homegrown for being our sponsor. Thanks for the hospitality, Bill Hill. You've been listening to the Full Contact Cannabis Podcast. Thanks.